1: We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening
2: world.
3: Welcome to Living a Course in Miracles, Walking the Talk, with Rev. Jennifer Hadley. A beloved teacher of the Course who has helped thousands learn how to express their beliefs from moment to moment in their everyday lives. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application. Here is your host, Rev. Jennifer Hadley.
1: Ah, Yes, so wonderful to be with you. I love this. Divine appointment that we make every week to be together and to know the truth together. It's, it's truly sacred. And I am grateful that the time has come. Yay. And I love too that we get to transcend time and space and use technology to serve our spiritual practice instead of to distract us from it. Isn't that wonderful? So, I invite you in this moment to join me and place your hand on my, your heart. <laughs> you place your hand on your heart. I'll place my hand on mine. Thank you very much. <laughs> and let us turn within and remember our true identity, leaving behind any false identity and remembering ourselves as perfect love. Oh, so grateful to be the two or more who are gathered in the name and the nature of the Christ presence right now. In this moment, we are saying yes to our wholeness, yes to the love, yes to the peace, yes to the joy. All of these spiritual qualities are our true identity. They are our inheritance, and we're claiming it right now. Yes. Yes. Consciously remembering to remember. We invoke divine grace into our awareness, into our hearts and minds. We invoke the Holy Spirit into this divine partnership. Remembering that we are one with the one, now and forevermore. And this is the relationship that we value the most. This divine relationship, this partnership with the oneness of all life, is showing up in every relationship we have. And we're grateful, grateful, grateful that we are so abundant and so prosperous that love is all there is. In this moment, we share the benefits with everyone, consciously sharing the benefits with everyone because we're one with them. In grace, And in gratitude, we let it be. And so it is. Amen. 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 Mm. So, I have of late been thinking quite a bit about the teachings that I have studied over the years. And whether or not they've all been helpful to me. And one thing that uh, my friend Gary Renard points out all the time, I think it's really helpful, is he, he says that right now there is this very popular idea that if we're using our spiritual understanding to manifest stuff and become master manifestors, that we are somehow more spiritual, more awake, more tuned in and tapped in, And that is not true. How could it be true? How could that be true? In fact, what I personally have come to see and believe is that if we're focused on manifesting stuff and using the law of cause and effect to manifest stuff, we can get very distracted from discovering our true identity as the perfect givers and receivers of love. And we can get extremely distracted in managing that stuff that we've manifested. We can get so off course. The kingdom is within. The treasure is within. But we can completely and totally forget that and be distracted. So what I'm... I'm learning myself, I'm learning it all the time, is that our spiritual success really doesn't have anything to do with our financial success. How could it? Because some people manifest tremendous abundance and have no spiritual practice at all. If we focus our mind on anything And we have a strong belief that we can manifest and demonstrate in alignment with our needs and wants. We will see demonstration. Now, there are many people who are spiritual seekers, spiritual students, who are finding, seekers who are finding that, They cannot be satisfied with anything less than the fullness of God, than the fullness of love. And so they're profoundly interested in seeking the kingdom within. Profoundly interested. And giving up that endless craving and wanting. So one of the things that I, I share all the time is, my understanding of a Buddhist teaching that I believe is so helpful, and that is that we're, our suffering is created by having attachments in this world. Attachments come in two flavors, cravings and aversions. So when we need, 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 want, 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 we're grasping, grasping, grasping at things. We're needing and wanting. That's the craving. When we think our happiness depends on the things of this world, we're in attachment, craving, and wanting. Aversions are when we hate something, we despise something, when we are obsessed with changing something and thinking it shouldn't be the way that it is. So these are all the ways that we can create suffering through attachment. And I think we're all pretty masterful at that, creating suffering through attachment. So... Unhooking the attachment is something that I look at every single day, and I am actually very grateful that when I have an attachment, I can feel the suffering, because there was a time in my life when I had so many attachments, and I was so convinced I was right about each one of them, I didn't recognize the suffering, and I remember so clearly making lists of all the things I wanted and keeping my attention on the things that I wanted. And by keeping all that attention on the things I wanted, what I also was doing was I was affirming, using my mind, my thought, my word, all the tools of creation to affirm that I didn't have, to affirm the lack, So I was consistently day in and day out confirming my lack through that endless wanting, 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 wanting. So what I am learning every day to do and working with is to seek that which is truly worth having, that which is truly valuable. And it is not easy to shift the mind and open up to the truth that sets us free. And the truth is everything worth having is within us. And when we align and seek to know, to understand, to reveal, to demonstrate, to embody the treasures of the kingdom within all else will be added unto us. And it's really all else that truly satisfies. So when the ego grasping and attachment is happening, what we are doing is we are affirming the habits and patterns of lack and limitation. And we are seeking that sense of feel we want to feel full. And here's how you can recognize some of that is. When you are feeling the thoughts of lack and limitation that you don't have, and you're feeling that wanting, 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 that grasping, 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 there's a desperate sense. Very often there's a depression there's um, a despair, a sense that there's something wrong with me, that I should be able to manifest this stuff. I should know better. Look at all the classes I've taken. Look at all the books I've read. Look at all the years I've studied, and I still don't have that sense of feeling fault. I don't have the sense of feeling full. It comes for a moment, and then like the shifting sands, it slides right through my hands. I can't hold on to that sense of feeling full. It's const- It's like Chinese food, right? We eat it, we feel so full, and then an hour later we're hungry again. That is when we're trying to f- feel full by feeding the ego, by... Accomplishing that grasping and wanting, the craving never ends. We're feeding a monster that will never be satisfied. However, just like when we have that sense of feeling full from having eaten a big meal, just like that sense of feeling full that can leave us almost um, in a stupor, like we need a nap, you've overeaten, you've overconsumed, you've reached your capacity, when we're in the craving, craving, craving that we don't have and living in the thoughts of lack and limitation and we're seeking that sense of feeling full, very often when we can't get it, we will go for some self-medication. We will resort to some kind of self-medication, some kind of addictive compulsive tendency will rear its head and say, okay, then be satisfied with this. So think of it this way. You've got the thoughts of lack and limitation, that you're not enough, you haven't got enough, there isn't enough, you're craving, you're wanting. and you're feeling that despair that desperation that upset if you can't get the feel fulment through getting that pay raise uh... paying off that bill um, getting that person to love you or do what you think they should do if you can't control and manipulate your loved ones to do what you think they should do if you can't have a sense of creative satisfaction or inspiration if you can't reach whatever it is you think will satisfy that craving do you in fact turn to an addictive compulsive craving that you can fulfill so instead you reach for the television, the alcohol the sex, the drugs, the whatever it is You know, it could be maybe that you clean your house obsessively. It could be that you chatter on the phone or that you zone out in front of the television or that you just feel full with um, beer or sugar or you smoke a lot of extra cigarettes or something. Begin to notice this pattern. What do you do when you can't seem to feel full? You can't satisfy that craving. And you're going into thoughts of not good enough. You ought to be able to feel full. Other people can feel full. Other people can have a nice house, a wonderful spouse, a beautiful children, uh, slim body, um, large breasts, um, tiny waist, uh, whatever it is that you think you should have that would make you feel full, that would fulfill that craving? Do you resort to some kind of self-medication? Because if you do every time you go to that, you're strengthening that pattern, that ego pattern of craving and seeking to feel full. And the way to transform that is to really draw a line in that sinking sand, to draw a line in your heart and mind and say, I'm going to seek the treasure within. I'm going to seek the treasure within. And there are lots of references to that in the course. Love is our treasure. Our heart knows the way. Our heart knows the way. And the thing is, is those cravings will never be satisfied. But if we seek instead true fulfillment of our divine purpose to forgive to love to be compassionate to be patient to be kind to be generous if we seek to fulfill our divine destiny as spiritual beings the cravings will go away you cannot satisfy the cravings through trying to feed them The only way to have that sense of peace is to seek within, to feel truth, to feel love, to feel joy, to feel compassion. And every single relationship that we have, all of our brothers and sisters will assist us with this. They will either help us identify the patterns of lack, attack, craving, aversion, or they'll help us remember love. It's the same thing. That's all anyone can do for us. So... In lesson 315 in the workbook, it's my page 458, it says, All gifts my brothers give belong to me. Each day, a thousand treasures come to me with every passing moment. I am blessed with gifts throughout the day, in value far beyond all the things of which I can conceive. A brother's smile, a brother's A brother smiles upon another, and my heart is gladdened. We see evidence of the love in this world, and our heart is gladdened. We can stop and smell that rose of love being expressed. Someone speaks a word of gratitude or mercy, and my mind receives this gift and takes it as its own. And everyone who finds the way to God becomes my Savior pointing out the way to me and giving me his certainty that what he learned is surely mine as well. I thank you, Father, for the many gifts that come to me today and every day from every son of God. My brothers and sisters are unlimited in all their gifts to me. Now may I offer them thankfulness. The gratitude to them may lead me on my way, creator and his memory. Lesson 3.15. So let us contemplate that. I'm Jennifer Hadley, and you're listening to Living A Course in Miracles. Walking the Talk on Unity Online Radio. I'll be right back.
4: Hi, my name is Lynn Twist. I'm the author of The Soul of Money. If you're struggling right now with a financial crisis, I recommend going to www.unityfm and listening to our course about The Soul of Money and how to handle this in a way that brings out the deep spirituality that's available at this time. You know, a crisis is a terrible thing to waste.
5: Join author Lynn Twist for the blessing of the financial crisis you'll learn new techniques to use the current economic situation to redefine your relationship with money. It's available now for immediate download at unity.fm in the video download section.
3: unity minister and author eric butterworth tells us the exciting thing is that wherever you may be along the way of unfoldment and self-realization no matter what the problems or challenges you may face there is always more in you the mystery of god in you the christ in you which means your potential for healing for overcoming for prosperity there is no limit join us each week for discovering eric butterworth tuesdays at 5 p.m central time with host reverend tom thorpe Right here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. In on earth, Thank you for tuning in for Living a Course in Miracles, Walking the Talk. Here is your host, Reverend Jennifer Hadley.
1: So we're back and we're looking at Lesson 315 that lets us know that our brothers and sisters are bringing us gifts. Gifts that we can really make use of. And how often do we see these gifts of love and remembrance and not bother to acknowledge them? So for me, part of my spiritual practice is all day long looking for the things that remind me of love, that remind me of God. And it's developing these habits, because I used to have the habit of walking into every situation and looking for what doesn't work, what is a problem, what could be a problem, what I didn't like. And so I used to always look for the things that I could use to affirm my beliefs in lack and attack. So Course in Miracles, the workbook is a unlearning. It's a mind training system. We can take our training into every moment of every day and train our mind to look for the good. It's funny. I was with a friend over the weekend, and we were going into the grocery store. And uh, I have tr- she realized she forgot to bring her bags, right, her cloth bags and all that stuff. And she said she always forgets. Now, what I can tell you is, I used to forget too, and now I always remember. I never forget to bring my bags. So we can learn to do that. It's like, don't you always remember to brush your teeth before you go to bed? Don't you always remember to take a shower in the morning? Don't you always remember to put a coat on if it's cold outside? Don't you remember to put your shoes on? So the things that are important to us, we remember. My my dad was one of my greatest teachers, and one of the things my dad taught me uh, my dad is one of my greatest teachers, and one of the things he, he, he was constantly teaching me, still is, and it's wonderful. And, uh, when I was a kid, uh, I had forgotten to do some chore, like wash the, the bathroom floor, something like that, forgotten to do some chore. And my dad pointed it out to me. And I said, oh, right. He said, so you forgot to do your chore, but I bet you remembered to call your friends. And I said, yeah, I guess I did. And he said, see, you remember what's important to you. So can you make your chores important to you? And I still remember that lesson all the time. And... I know that when I forget something, I mean, sometimes we just forget. We forget to pick up the laundry or something. But again, we do remember what's important to us, right? So sometimes we use that understanding to punish others that they haven't remembered what's important. But it's not our job to punish other people. It's our job to love them. So let us remember to love and have compassion. And it's to teach only love, for that is what we are. Now, lesson 316 is more on this gifts, and I'm going to share it with you now. It's my page 458 in the workbook. All gifts I give my brothers are my own. You see, we can only have that which we're willing to share. So if we'd like to have more respect, if we'd like to have more honoring, more compassion, more patience, more kindness, more tenderness, instead of looking to get it from someone in the world, let us recognize that... The ability to be patient, to be kind, to be generous has already been pre-installed. It's part of that whole kingdom package which lies within, and when we're willing to share it, then we have it. All gifts I give my brothers are my own. As every gift my brothers give is mine, so every gift I give belongs to me. Each one allows a past mistake to go and leave no shadow on the holy mind my Father loves. So every time we can remember to be patient, to be kind, to be generous, not in order to get something, not to try to manipulate and control others to like us or respect us, but because our... Father, our Heavenly Father, our Heavenly Mother has already given us the ability to be patient and kind. We honor our divinity by sharing that gift. And it helps us to unwind the patterns of lack and attack. We remember that we have when we share. His grace is given me in every gift a brother has received throughout all time and past all time as well. My treasure house is full and angels watch its open doors that not one gift is lost and only more are added. Seek first the kingdom and all else will be added unto you. Let me come to where my treasures are And enter in where I am truly welcome and at home among the gifts that God has given me. Father, I would accept your gifts today. I do not recognize them. Yet I trust that you who gave them will provide the means by which I can behold them, see their worth, and cherish only them as what I want. You see... Cherish only these gifts as what I want. So instead of wanting in the world, craving things to manifest and demonstrate in the world of effects, if we seek the kingdom first, if we seek to express the kingdom, unfold the kingdom, to live the kingdom, to be the kingdom, then we're going to experience the abundance, the prosperity the wisdom, the freedom, the truth, the clarity, the peace, and the harmony. Everlasting peace is not going to be available to us if we're seeking to arrange the chairs on the Titanic, right? So if we're seeking to manage, control, and manipulate the world of effects, then we're really seeking To supersede divine order, because right now, if you feel like there's some area of your life that's a mess, if you feel like there's some area of your life that's not going the way you'd like it to go, if you feel that you're not prosperous, what I absolutely know from my own life experiences, if you feel you're not prosperous, you are thinking thoughts of lack and attack lack and limitation if you're not feeling prosperous it's because you you are consciously disconnecting from the source of prosperity so it's not enough to say i am prosperous i am abundant god is my source because if you're saying those affirmations from a place of trying to check it off, you're doing your spiritual work. You're checking it off. That's empty. That's empty. We, we can cultivate that deep feeling of connection. And the only way I know to get there is to increase the focus in spiritual practice. So what I remember is when I was first really realizing this, I can remember sitting in my practice of meditation and prayer and study and thinking, Oh, I, I don't you know, I don't have enough money to pay my bills. I, I don't have time for this. I I need to be answering those emails. I need to be out there figuring out how I'm gonna pay my bills. what about instead and this is what I learned instead instead of literally studying a Course in Miracles and reading it over and over again what about sitting in communion with the Holy Spirit what about looking at writing down the thoughts of lack and attack that you've been focusing on and invoking the higher Holy Spirit self To assist you in turning them over. Now, the truth sets us free. The truth supersedes the thoughts of lack and limitation. We can sit and read the book, but very often what people do is they read A Course in Miracles and they study it in order to satisfy an egotistical sense of accomplishment. To be able to say, oh, I have done this. I have read this. I have studied this. I know it. I understand it. If we're not living it, if we, like this lesson 316, As every gift my brothers give is mine, so every gift I give belongs to me. Each one allows a past mistake to go and leave no shadow on the holy mind the Father loves. His grace has given me in every gift a brother has received throughout all time. Let us sit in meditation, in contemplation, partnered up with the higher Holy Spirit self and say, let me understand this lesson in my heart. Let me know the gifts that have been given throughout all time, the gifts of love and patience, harmony, Generosity, freedom, clarity, purity. Let me understand what true prosperity is. What are the gifts of the kingdom that have been pre-installed in me that I have been neglecting to harvest, to anchor, because instead I'm cherishing my thoughts of lack and attack, my thoughts of limitation and separation. How have I made my upset, my unforgiveness, a false idol? How have I been worshipping the limitations in my life? How have I been seeking, feel How have I been self-medicating? Rather than accepting, exploring, harvesting, expressing, revealing, and sharing the gifts of the kingdom? Have I been looking outside of myself to get something rather than looking within the kingdom, within my own heart? How can I share something? Not in order to get, but because I've already been given. I love to give. I love... as to console, to be understood, as to understand, to be loved, as to love. For it is in giving that we receive. It is in pardoning that we are pardoned. And it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Amen. It is in giving that we receive. So when we move into that Sharing that giving, that extension that the Course talks about. When we extend love and compassion and forgiveness, we are forgiven. It is in seeking to console that we are consoled. It moves through us. We become the vessel, the channel. We have these divine opportunities every day. So for me, this is how I learned to diminish that sense of impoverishment, lack, and limitation by exchanging the thoughts of lack and attack for the thoughts of having and sharing. Generosity, graciousness. Being a living embodiment of divine grace through being gracious, through being patient, through being kind. Is it easy? No, it is not easy. If it were easy, everyone would do it. (laughs) It's not easy. It's the hardest thing that we can do. And yet, Everything we need is within us. It gets easier and easier. What makes it hard is we actually value the thoughts of lack and attack more than we value the ability to be patient and kind. When we know what we value and we truly value it, it's easy. It's easy for me to remember to bring the bags in the grocery store. It's important to me. I don't ever, ever forget anymore. It's important to me. Mother Earth is important to me. Do I forget to recycle? Never. It's important to me. Do I forget to call my loved ones? It's important to me. Do I forget to pray? It's important to me. So it wasn't always, but you see, I've replaced thinking that the things of this world are important to me. So I have a modest home. I have an apartment, a one-bedroom apartment in Los Angeles. And to me, it is my sanctuary. It is beautiful. And there's nothing in this apartment that I need or have to have. And every couple of months I get this feeling in meditation, look around, is there anything here that you cherish, that you need? And there's not. I enjoy the things that I have and I make use of them. And to the best of my ability, if I'm not using things and I don't really enjoy them, I give them away rather than hoard them and it's such a joy to give away the things that are beautiful and that are usable to someone who will actually treasure and use them because if I'm not, I'm just hoarding it and if I'm hoarding stuff then what I'm doing is I'm actually affirming that there may come a time when I don't have stuff I need to hold on to this stuff in case that day comes. And as Ken Wapnick said, that way madness lies. Oh, so let's take that breath. I'm Jennifer Hadley. We're taking a break and you're listening to Living a Course in Miracles, Walking the Talk, Living the Love on Unity Online Radio. I'll be right back.
4: Hi, my name is Lynn Twist. I'm the author of The Soul of Money. If you're struggling right now with a financial crisis, I recommend going to www.unityfm and listening to our course about The Soul of Money and how to handle this in a way that brings out the deep spirituality that's available at this time. You know, a crisis is a terrible thing to waste.
5: Join author Lynn Twist for the blessing of the financial crisis you'll learn new techniques to use the current economic situation to redefine your relationship with money. It's available now for immediate download at unity.fm in the video download section.
0: ready for the next steps on your spiritual path if you are you won't want to miss the yoga hour living the eternal way with reverend ellen grace o'brien from the center for spiritual enlightenment in san jose california essential insights and practices from the ancient yoga science of self-realization show us how to live healthier happier more balanced lives the benefits of spiritually conscious living start now
1: So we're back and we are talking about the cravings and the aversions and oh, stopping the madness, stopping the madness, stopping the madness of seeking fulfillment through the stuff of this world. Because all we can get from satisfying the cravings for stuff in this world is that sense of feel fulfillment, a temporary sense of abatement. <laughs> but if we seek the kingdom, we can actually have a profound sense of fulfillment. We really can. That which is eternal is God. And that's one of the things I realized in ministerial school. When I was in ministerial school, I uh, it, it was... I was trying to work full-time and go to school full-time, and so it was very full-time. <laughs> and I used to talk about the the feeling that I was running in front of a train of things that was pulling a, a a weight of 10,000 things that needed to be done and that I couldn't keep up, and that train was always on my tail. And I I, I really energized that with my friends and and who were in ministerial school too and we all complained about, oh, there's so much to do, there's so much to do, there's so much to do, we can't get it all done. Oh, no, no. It was a constant complaint, feeling the pressure of there's so much to do. And then one day in my spiritual practice, I had such a clarity and I realized, what What am I thinking? I'm an eternal being. There's the right use of time. I am not using time correctly. What am I doing thinking there isn't enough time? If I'm thinking there isn't enough time, then I am overvaluing the things of this world. The treasures are in the kingdom. And so I started to reorient myself, and every time I thought there wasn't enough time, I'd say, really, is that true, or are you an eternal being? And so what I did was I offloaded all these things that I thought I needed or had to accomplish in the world in order to be happy. So I gave up thinking, oh, I've got to go to China and see the, you know, I've got, I, I started giving up this idea of all the things that I had to do in order to be happy. All the things I had to do in order to feel full. And I started to orient myself in, in this moment, how can I be loving and patient and kind and generous and compassionate with myself? so that I could learn these habits and share the benefits with others. I started to include in all of my prayer work that I was sharing the benefits with everyone because I was one with them and really affirming that. So I started to live in this awareness That no matter what I'm doing, all of the time I'm sharing the benefits with everyone. So to go back to the hoarding, if I have closets full of stuff that I am not using, that I'm not going to be using, let me give them away. And one of the greatest gifts in my life was I, uh, I got my colors done with a beautiful woman who's just a a goddess uh, in understanding color, style, and design. And you can, she's got a lot of stuff on her website. And her website is called, let me see if I can remember it, jenniferbutlercolor.com, jenniferbutlercolor.com. And um, she's a sweet, sweet lady, and she's an absolute genius, genius one of the true geniuses I know. And I worked with her very closely for years, and we became friends. And when I first started working with her and having my colors done, I realized that I had a number of things in my wardrobe that didn't really suit me, and a lot of them I never wore. And so a whole group of my friends, many of whom were in ministerial school with me, Because we were all becoming public speakers, we were interested in really discovering uh, more ways to uh, be authentic and be ourselves. And so looking at style, design, and color was a way that we could learn to be more authentic and connect better with the audience by dressing in ways that were authentic. And for me, I realized that I always wore either black, white, or red and it the red that I was wearing and the black that I was wearing actually kind of made me be hidden. So I couldn't really see when people saw me. They saw the clothes before they saw me. And so I had all these clothes that were not supportive of me being seen and recognized and supporting my authenticity. And um, so... What my friends and I decided to do was we started to have these parties where we would go through our closets, empty out all the things, all the colors that didn't suit us, and all those incredibly beautiful clothes. Usually they were very expensive, and they had been sitting in our closet for years, not being worn because we didn't look good in them. We bought them to wear to a particular event, we bought them because they were such a great deal, we bought them because they were in fashion at the time, but they actually weren't ever going to help us express our authentic self, and so we just brought them in in suitcases and piles and unloaded them all and gave them away to each other. So we all got about $2,000 worth of new clothes and jewelry and accessories, <laughs> Most of which had never been worn. And then it's been so wonderful over the years to see my friends wearing these beautiful clothes that I really loved when I bought but that I never wore. And now I see them on my friends and it's such a delight because I made right use of them. And they're not sitting in my closet anymore and mocking me. 'Cause I think we all know that feeling of you've bought something, it's expensive, it's really beautiful, but it doesn't fit you or it doesn't look good on you. And it just sits in your closet mocking you, reminding you of the extravagance that you you thought you would be able to lose the weight to get into it, or you thought, you know, you bought you bought that for that wedding or that event and then you never wore it again. Give it away. Give it away, give it away, give it away. Give it to the goodwill, give it to somebody. But it's really fun to do that. So it's so freeing, it's so liberating. We're coming into this time of spring cleaning. Start to spring clean inside and out. Inside and out. What are the beliefs? What are the habits that you have held on to for a long time. Instead of making a list of the things that you want, make a list of the things that you don't want. Make a list of the thoughts that you think that you don't want. Get a little notebook. Carry it with you. And every time you think a thought you don't want, write it in that notebook. Maybe on the, the cover of the notebook you put, Things I'm giving to the Holy Spirit that I don't need any more. This is a living spiritual practice. You can't just study a book and expect that it's miraculously going to happen to you. does not work that way. We have to be in league with the infinite. We have to remember that this is a living teaching. It's a living practice. And we can be grateful. We can be thankful that we can live it every day. In every way. So it's really living a course of miracles. Walking the talk. Living the love. So I'm going to invite you right now. To see if you can tune within. Place your hand on your heart. And close your eyes. Sit up straight. Uncross your arms and your legs. And take these deep breaths. I say all the time. That it's, it's not a coincidence. That our heart chakra. And. And our lungs are right next to each other. So we take these breaths, these holy breaths, invoking the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is that breath. That in-breath is that inspiration. And we anchor into our heart. And right now, let us just open our mind to become congruent with our heart. So that our mind is not going in one direction, our heart's not going in another, but we're going in one direction. Love. I invite you to consider what is there. What is the belief that you have about yourself that you would never impose on someone else? But somehow you're using this thought of lack, this thought of attack, to manage, control, and manipulate yourself so that you're playing small, that you're living a a life uh, that can never be fulfilled? What is that thought of lack and attack that sends you into craving and aversion? Would you be willing to make a holy offering of it right now, Let us make that offering and give it to the Holy Spirit and remember our true identity, that we are the perfect givers and receivers of love and that we can share our healing and expansion with everyone because we're one with them. In grace and gratitude, we let it be. And so it is. Amen. 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 And if you'd like more support on a daily basis, I've got lots of downloads, daily prayers, all kinds of things at jenniferhadley.com. I love you. And that is my joy. We are one. Oh, yes, we are. Now and forever. Have a great week. I'll be with you again next week. Live the love. I'll see you in the light.
3: Thank you for tuning in to Living a Course in Miracles, Walking the Talk, with Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Join us every Tuesday morning at 10 a.m. Central Time for more tools and insights into how to express your beliefs from moment to moment, every day, in every way. Living a Course in Miracles, Walking the Talk, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. This program is brought to you in part by JenniferHadley.com Every day, in every way.
2: Music Speaks Louder Than Words
0: Music Speaks Louder Than Words is an inspiring, informative, and fun hour of uplifting, heartfelt music and commentary that delivers a powerful message of love joy, and oneness. It will keep you smiling and singing along. Your host, Dale Worley, is alive with the Spirit of God each Thursday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern, with Music Speaks Louder Than Words. Music, it's the only thing that the whole world listens to.
2: Inspiration only takes a moment. We invite you to focus your attention inward with these words from Elizabeth Searle Lamb. This is a new day. Lead your conscious mind to that still haven of your soul where your indwelling Christ opens wide the doorway of your heart. At once, mind, soul, and body, you are flooded with the light and love of God you are lifted high above this earthly plane and filled with the radiance of spirit. Send this love and light on to those whom you hold dear so that it may uplift, heal, and comfort them. As you send this radiance on, you are filled with a new sense of God's power, and you release this power to the whole world to uplift, guide, and bless all people. A day's tasks await you. But God is with you, and with God's help, all shall be done perfectly.
0: This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity.
5: Oprah Winfrey says that Eric Butterworth's book, Discover the Power Within You, changed her perspective on life and religion. Maya Angelou quotes Emily Cady's Lessons in Truth as she recalls her own spiritual awakening. What do these books have in common? They are Unity Classics. Join Reverend Laura Beth Gilbreth, Minister of Unity Transformation, Thursdays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, for Hooked on Classics, exploring Unity's classic books. Each month, you'll be able to follow along and contribute your thoughts, questions, and ideas. As we examine a different classic unity book from Charles and Myrtle Fillmore to Eric Butterworth, Emily, Katie and beyond experience the foundational teachings of unity hooked on classics, exploring unity's classic books Thursdays on unity FM, the voice of an awakening world.